DJ and PK brought to you in part by Mountainland Supply. Catch Hands and Scotty live from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. See the best Logan amateurs and pros in the state of Utah battle for the championship at the Mountainland. Valley View Open on August 6th at Valley View Golf Course in Layton. Your reaction pouring in here. Don't you just love all the moves the Jazz have made? Jody says, I am so anxious to watch this group together. I feel like they filled so many holes. Go Jazz! Triple exclamation point. Oh, three exclamation points. Man. No complaints from me, Jeff says. The wheeling and dealing with the draft to move back, get the guy we wanted, and trade the asset we got from moving back to snag Eric P. is awesome. Eric P. is an interesting case. Had a real good rookie season. Tailed off last season. And researching it, it looking like the... Warriors are looking for a salary cap dump, and because of the of luxury him, tax, and, and getting rid of him saves like twelve million bucks, yep. even though his salary isn't anywhere close to that on his rookie deal. But they're a repeater tax team, so yeah, they are getting all hammered. that stuff. Yeah, and then does it free up roster for potential uh, future moves that will the Warriors will be interested in? So there's a combination of things there. Uh, it looks like you know a base. He was first team all rookie. His rookie season, obviously. 14 uh, points. Yeah, and so, you know, the Warriors were not going anywhere that year. It was a miserable season for them. They didn't even get invited to uh, Orlando. Uh, so, you know, you have to take that in perspective to a degree. What does that mean? Uh, and then last year they had some more guys back, and he his role wasn't nearly as good. So I'm not sure he's a rotational guy. I, I certainly don't think he's a rotational guy immediately, but I think he's like 22, 23 years old himself. So is there some upside to unlock down the road? And then he's AAU buddies with uh, teammates with Donovan Mitchell, and so keep your star happy. And and Mitchell, we'll, we'll see how much Mitchell likes drama. Uh, there's been hints of it. Uh, and so do you want to minimize that uh, by having your your friend on the team uh, give him a buddy. What does that mean? I don't know if it means anything in the long term. I'm going to vote it doesn't mean anything in the long term. Yeah, I don't know. I'm more interested in what you had to say about, look what he did his first year, now the second year doesn't go well. That's a pretty old story in pro sports, in lots of sports, and it's something they can unlock. And I, I really think the Warriors had to be motivated by their luxury tax situation. That's a lot of money. He's not a $12 million player, but that's what they're going to have to pay. So I get why they would do that. Yeah, it's easy to do. Right. And it's easy to explain that to your owner. Hey, I can move this guy, and he's a pretty small piece of the puzzle here. But did the Jazz get a steal and get someone who's got some upside? I'm I'm really more interested in how well he can play. And then you look at the rotation right now. I don't see him playing right now, but lots of stuff can happen. There can be an injury. There can be a trade. He could be a year away, and if he's a year away, and this year is just an investment in him, we don't see much of him, and then he plays well next year, well, then that's a good deal. I would and take if, that. And it's a fine deal if you cut him. It wasn't that big a price to no. pay. But I'm never going to put limits on an individual, uh, what uh, he or she can achieve. Who knows? Uh, so let's see what he's capable of doing here. Uh, it, it, it was worth it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go crazy over right. it. Right. Uh, 
but basically, well, why not? Didn't cost you a whole lot, and, and for the Warriors, they're saving money. It's, you know, it's twelve million. You can't sneeze at that by any stretch, obviously. So you can see why they could do it here. And, and if he turns out to be a fly, uh, uh, a pick, you know, it's, it's worth the fly in my mind. I, I bring it back to that one year that Kevin O'Connor picked up Demar Carroll. I'm thinking, who's this guy, and why do they need him? Well, he was a nice player for him. He was a hustle dude. You know, kind of a poor man's Jay Crowder. Uh, and so maybe maybe there's something there. Why not? Uh, but as I look at their off-season acquisitions, I'm not crazy about that one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm neutral right now. All I can come up with is why not? Give it a shot. Maybe maybe it clicks. Maybe they see something. And you know, he did average 14. That And it wasn't it was in the NBA. I mean, I realized it was on a lousy team, and most of their team was gutted with injury. But it was still in the NBA, so there's something to be said for that. It wasn't Summer League. It wasn't the G League. It was still the NBA. And nothing against Summer League or G League, but obviously the NBA regular season is higher on the uh, totem pole than those other uh, summer leagues and G leagues and all that stuff. So there's something to be said for that. So it's it's worth it. It's worth trying. But I'm more interested in the other guys to see what they can bring. Michael says for the limitations they had with cap space, the Jazz have done well in the off season. Obviously, won't be able to know how well until the season. But all signs are pointing up. That's why I am in. I am more intrigued. The word I use is intrigue. Intrigue is good. You're saying there's a chance. Most definitely there's a chance. Yes. And at worst, I grade it out as a C. And at best, I grade it out as an A. And maybe we, we settle on a B, which obviously uh, that is something that is going to improve your team. Where's Whiteside? I don't want to go Monson here with uh, you know some... Uh, Long question ends up within San Bernardino. Well, when I say where is he, some esoteric answer or whatnot... I don't even know if esoteric is the word, but I'm trying to... I think to it think. is, actually. Is it? Yeah, I think okay. accidentally you got it right. <laughs> trying to think of some fancy word. It made word. sense, so just keep going. Where's his mindset? Which is obviously five minutes later what Gordon meant uh, with uh, Damien Hunter. Where was his mindset? Not where was his physical presence. In <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Ben> San Bernardino. <laughs> just legendary to this day. Uh, <laughs> that response. It's always worth a, a listen and a chuckle. Where's... Where is he? Where's his game at? Because there's been times where his game has been phenomenal. But it wasn't there phenomenally last year. So where is he at? I, I can't answer that question. I don't know. But that thing alone, that if they only made that move, they had a chance to get their offseason acquisitions grayed out as an A. Even with just one move. And they made more than one move, obviously. Because I think Gay, I'm pretty confident that I, I know what Rudy Gay is going to give you. Because he's been giving that fairly consistently for a good number of years now. And Conley's Conley. Uh, what is Whiteside going to do? You know, I'm excited to see what he can do. Where is his game at? There's a time when he was flying around challenging every single shot. Yeah. And it was impressive to watch. That's what I'm saying. And I didn't watch him in his glory days a lot because he was over in the other conference. But you saw him enough. Yeah, well, you yeah, knew you who, just read box scores. Yeah, you knew who he was. Certainly. Absolutely. 
So what has he got cooking now? What is he going to bring to this team? That alone is enough to have my intriguement meter topping. And you know me and my intriguement meter. It takes a lot to, to move my intriguement meter. Okay, just keep repeating that. <laughs> <laughs> keep repeating it. That's, you heard me. You have a point. You emphasize it a couple more times. The consultant told us that. So I go ahead and learn from the master, and you criticize me. But I have an extremely thick skin, and I just brush it off there and it move is. on to next salient and excellent point. <laughs> salient. Yes. Esoteric and salient. Yes. Right. Right. Sometimes right. I just have to streak, I speak strictly to Cougar fans and ignore Ute fans. We need one more. Or as Andrew Marsh want, said. What? It was you, the word you used, meaninglessness-less. It was what the yeah, used, that's what it was. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> meaninglessness-less. As he says, and it made little sense. <laughs> well, as my friend once said to my other friend in the backseat of my sister's Barracuda, that made a hell of a, that made a hell of sense. No, a hell of a sense. He meant to say a hell of a lot of sense, but he blurted it out so quickly. I made a hell of a sense. <laughs> At that point, me being 17, I lost it. Yeah, actually 17, not like now where emotionally you're 17 and you would still lose it if someone did that. Oh, most definitely. I think I would do it more now because I'm running out of time. When I was 17, I had the world by the tail. Now, no, I'm hanging on for dear life. So was Hassan Whiteside just stuck on a bad team so he wasn't effective? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know. Or his enthusiasm level looking around like, hey, I've seen a good team. I've been on a good team. And this, this is not good. I think we need Monson to interview him. Or he had some kind of nagging injury played through and we didn't hear. You I mean, played for Sacramento of- in Miami. You were getting part-time, but the numbers were astounding. <laughs> and then you go to Sacramento and they were using you on a part-time basis. And maybe there were injury. Maybe their lack of motivation. The team wasn't very good. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, how are you hanging on? Where are you? You know what I mean? That was Esoterically well, speaking. That was well played. I, mean, uh, I think a lot of people, away. I think a lot of longtime listeners appreciated that. Gordon, probably not at all. But I think the rest of us, that was good. Yeah, but if I can have fun at his expense, why not? Would you rather have fun at his expense or mine? Uh, probably yours. Because I'm sitting here yeah, and you get daily. the immediate yeah. reaction. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with Gordon, it's you know, delayed. How you hanging on? Where are you? It's delayed. I'm in uh, San Bernardino right yeah. now. <laughs> and the worst part of that is the person who told PK and I about that, because we didn't hear it live, we're in that luxury suite when that was one of our promotions, said, this player totally messed it up. And then we heard it like, surprised the player didn't hang up. And fall asleep. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, Hold on, I went and got dinner. <laughs> Damian Hunter cannot take more than 1% of the blame for that. Uh, yeah. yeah Do it on a part-time basis. I don't know. That was good. <laughs> so where is his game? Where is his mind? I don't know. How's he hanging on? Where is he? So I get the intriguement, but we are looking at guys in rotation who are probably guys 8 and 9 in rotation. And they're going to play minutes, and it's going to matter. So everything matters, but it's not what matters most. 
are Mitchell and Conley going to be healthy? And I don't have too many worries about Mitchell because what happened to him was just one of those things that can happen on a court. Maybe it was more than one of those things. Boyan said, I hope he didn't do it on purpose. There's clearly at least a little bit of a thought, and maybe more than that, I don't know, because we're not around those guys much anymore, that that might have been intentional. But it's still one traumatic moment. The way he got his ankle rolled in that regular season game. Did the guy scissor kick him on purpose? Oh, gotcha, gotcha, Yeah, and that's where it all starts. Mitchell's a baller. Right. Big time. And so, and that's, you you mock me for it, and I get 39-9-9 is off the charts if you're healthy. But he wasn't healthy. And he is a baller. And what freakish, unlikely, yet awesome thing might he do for the Jazz in the clutch? When his fingernails heal... Stop. It's not the point. (laughs) You're playing both sides of the fence here. (laughs) He he is a baller. That's all you need to know about him, man. That's it. He's a New York baller. So, he was hurt. That sucked. I'm not that worried about him being hurt next year. Something crazy could happen. But Conley... But Conley, that could be an issue. I don't have any concern about that. Are you serious? None. No, because I know he's going to be hurt. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't know if he'll be hurt in the playoffs. True. Two years ago, he was hurt in the regular season, but he's healthy in the playoffs. Well, he's going to miss games. We already know that. So, I mean, I factor into that. So, right now, given the deal they signed and what we know, if he plays 50 or 60 games next year, so what? 50's on the low side. It is. But if he's healthy for the playoffs, I'll take it. If you told me right now he's only going to play 50 games, but he's going to be healthy for two months in the postseason, I would sign off on that and not complain for a second. Yeah, but can I argue if he's only playing 50, would he be healthy? Yes. So yes, you can you argue that. Go round and, and, round that, on that and that might happen. And if it happens, I don't know that Hassan Whiteside can save him. No, it's because it's not individually about Hassan Whiteside. It's right. about the other guys, too. You know, it's about uh, Rudy Gay. And it's about this Butler kid. And is it about the development of Trent Forrest? You know, he's playing well, but Summer League, I get it. I'm not going to go crazy. But sometimes Summer League matters because I, I have to come clean. I downplayed Mitchell's Summer League. Why was I wrong? Couldn't have been more wrong. But if you're going to contribute in the regular season, you got to dominate in Summer League. And that was true with Mitchell. If you go back further, it was true with Darren Williams. If you go back further, it was true with Andre Kirilenko. D. Will didn't want to go the second year, and they wanted him to go, and there was some conflict behind the scenes. Well, it turned out with Darren, there was a lot of it behind the scenes, but at that point, I don't think we knew it that well, and there was clearly a deal cut. If you do this and this, you can take off. And he went out there, I forget if it was two or three games, he lit people up, and they let him go. He didn't even finish the summer league, and that was pre-Vegas. Now they go to a second one. There was just the the Rocky Mountain Review up here at that point, Uh and he crushed it. He crushed it, and they let him go after a couple games. He had nothing more to prove. He was way better than everybody who was there. And then went into the regular season, and he was ready to play enormous minutes and do his thing. So I'm a big believer in that. And you're right. This, the bar in Summer League, it's higher in a lot of cases than college. It's not as structured, but the, the level of the athlete is way better. They'll have to figure out how to negotiate uh, Conley throughout the season, and and they'll come, they'll come up with a plan, and they'll have something in mind, and they'll go forward from that perspective to figure out what it is that they want to do, uh, and they'll have a they'll have something set up for sure. But I do think that these other guys give you, especially Gay, gives you all sorts of options. 
that maybe you know you didn't have last year. Yeah, you didn't. I don't. I think you can drop the maybe. They didn't have them. And so, and I think the coaches wanted them. They can't say too much of that because that this is the guys that they're trying to get the most out of and make it happen. But they move pretty quickly and decisively in the offseason. I think that's pretty revealing to the way they wanted this to play and really what they wish they'd had last year, but they realized they just didn't have it. And I want to hear Gay talk about it. You know, why did you choose here? You know, what what was your thinking going into it? You had other options. So you make a decision. What was it about this place that said, I need to be here? And how do you expect to play? What's your role? What do you think you can do and bring and all that stuff? Those are legitimate questions that I assume they're going to have them on a podium and being interviewed at some point here when everything clears up and you're allowed to speak to it with all these rules that they've got going forward. Uh, I think that's coming to an end now. And they'll bring them into town and they'll have the press conference and I'm interested to hear what his answers are going to be and, and what to the Jazz. Uh, I don't know if Quinn Snyder is going to speak or if it's just going to be Justin Zanuck or what, but what do they envision? Because obviously they've got ideas, they've got plans, and I want to hear what they have to say in that way. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Got another question looming. Should BYU stay independent? Or join the new Big 12, or the remaining eight, or whatever you want to call it. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. John Wilner from the Mercury News. USC picked to finish first, but it seems like they're always near the top and can't seem to close the deal more often than not. How do you see the South shaking up this year? I guess I see it as a three-team race. But I think that ASU and Utah, I give them a little bit better chance than I do USC. I picked ASU originally, but Utah to me, you know, the dynamics have changed a little bit in terms of how I look at their season. Just because uh, of the quarterback situation has gotten much, much better for them, right? I mean, you got a big 12 quarterback who threw like 65 touchdown passes. And I think he could be the Gardner Minshew of this year and really transform a program. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Tokyo Update brought to you by Zero Res. Your pets are angels, but urine soaked carpet is a nightmare for your house. Zero Res has a specialized method to remove stains that leaves your carpet clean and smelling fresh. Schedule your appointment with Zero Res Carpet Cleaning today. That's Zero Res, ZeroResSaltLake.com, and up north at ZeroResDavisWeber.com. Call them at 801 So we had Cam Miller on an hour ago, and we were talking to him. He's a college football analyst and creative director for the Pro Football Network, and he was watching all the realignment, and like the rest of us, stunned and amazed and wondering what is next and knowing full well everyone's going to follow the money. But sometimes, PK, it isn't clear exactly where the money will be. It's clear if the SEC calls you. It's crystal clear. But for BYU, an interesting thought here for a long time. It seemed like the Big 12 was the goal, the most likely power league. That was the place to focus. But now with Oklahoma and Texas together, Big 12's down, or Oklahoma and Texas going together to the SEC, the Big 12 is down to eight teams. And do those eight want to stay together? What should BYU do if they're invited to join? 
Is Independence the better deal? Or should they hitch their wagon to the remaining eight? I think they should. Let's stay together, loving you forever. I didn't like that. (laughs) Is it what I need? That was surprisingly (laughs) average. Not good. Surprisingly average. What are you, a voice critic? I am. The range you just used right there was actually pretty impressive. That was, yeah, that, that part was... Jay says the Cougs need a conference badly. If they choose not to join a conference or remain Indy, huge mistake. And then you're going to see BYU dropping a division. So BYU, think it over and get in a conference or face irrelevance. Man, I love you. You're excellent at reading that stuff, man. I could never do it. I know. I was going to say, you sold it like yeah. they, the guy I mean, intended it to be. It just, it doesn't, he's, he was made for that. Just, you grayed out as an A there. See, you notice how. He says that was extremely average. I say you're the best. That's the difference between the two of us right there in a nutshell. I mean, you don't need to know anything more. You say you can handle the truth. One builds the other up. The un, the other one reduces his self-esteem on a daily basis. And we, I think we know which ones we're speaking of. Oh, yeah. You've never tried to, re- re- never tried to reduce my self-esteem. No. I attack you, but completely and totally in a playing way. <laughs> you attack me with all degree of seriousness. Oh, yeah, that's the difference beauty. right there. <laughs> I mean, we can see it. It's just, as plain just, as can be. Just keep, just keep talking. And Evident just, as the beat like on your face. Yeah. It's right there for all of us to see. So, and I just have to brush it off. I agree I with do. PK. Yeah. Larry says if the Cougars can join a conference, they should. Brian, however, says, well, is there even going to be a Big 12 conference? In some formation, there's going to be a Big 12 conference. It may not even be called the Big 12, but the nucleus of the existing teams are going, they're available, right? So do you, the point is, do you attach yourself to Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Baylor now because would they view you as, a, as one of the brethren and then they would be more inclined to have some form of package deals? Because I think that once BYU gets in, then they'll see, okay, they're not that weird. They're weird, but they're not that weird. And so, yeah, there's the Sunday play. Uh, but other than that, as far as athletics, you can work around it. Yeah. So I think that they can get, because they had the rep here. They were a big dog in the Mountain West, whack. Uh, Sam yeah, State hated them and all that it wasn't, stuff. It wasn't the weird part. It was the demanding part. You know, talking to the Big East for three minutes and already the Big East had a bad impression. But Well, because they had leverage. They were the big dog. Well, they've been knocked down a couple of pegs at least, if not more. So... They'll have that relationship, and Tom Homo is a people person. He can do things. There's just no question about it. Look what he did last year, putting that schedule together basically on the fly. It was sensational. And so I think that they, if they get with these teams now, that there will be a familiarity in these programs and these universities to where they'll want to include BYU in whatever configuration is out there in the next three to five years. You see what I'm saying there? I do see that. I just wonder who's going to be left as the core of this group that will want to include them. I do believe there'll be a core. And I totally get your point about wanting to include them. And I think that this would hold true for Houston or Memphis or Cincinnati or BYU. So I think to that degree, they're all facing the same thing. But 
who that core is and how much that core helps you and is that core, how much better is it than the Mountain West? And let's be honest, let's cut right to the chase. How much money is it worth? You know, is this conference, the remaining eight, going to be worth 20-ish million a year? It seems like that was about what the Big 12 was worth, and if Oklahoma and Texas are 50% of the deal, well, 20 million a year. I was going to say, if you get $20 million you, a year, you have my full you. Yeah, yeah, you have my full attention. $20 million a year. But if West Virginia's peeling out, and if Oklahoma State and Texas Tech have another plan, well, how big a hit? Let's see. It makes me wonder too. Is is ESPN really your ally? Because what is ESPN's interest first and foremost? ESPN. ESPN. Hey, how about that? Yeah, we got that right. Right, of course. Yes. So we're hearing that. Well, do what does ESPN want? Games. Does but does it want? Right, so games. games. Does it want BYU in one of these conferences? Because then we've got them that eight thirty on Saturday night slot that we know that we can put them in, and they're a fairly I'm, attractive name. And depending on who they're playing, it's even a bigger game. Whereas if they go into this other conference, well, then we don't have them. So is well, ESPN really looking out for BYU's best interests? Well, first off, only if the best interests are aligned. So the answer is no. Answer well, is maybe no. because if they're going into a league that ESPN has the rights to, and then they can still put ESPN in that eight thirty time slot. Be, be, ESPN can put BYU in there, right? Yeah, but now they can control it more, and they're paying them less money. But they might so now get, they got to pay they, more money. But they might get better games. At what cost? Yes, all I these agree. things are out there. Yes, at what cost? So I just don't know that I trust ESPN to have my back. Think about it in your you, life. You How shouldn't. many people do you trust 100% but, to have your back? So so first off, the, the, the change right there is how many people. ESPN is not people. It's a company. It's a conglomerate. They're trying to make as much money as possible. So you might trust people inside a company, but you don't trust the company or conglomerate. And over time, the people always change. So... As long as your interests are aligned, great. Yeah, but that's that's not that's you don't have my back as long as our interests I are agree. aligned. I agree. You're and looking out if, for yourself, I'm looking out for myself. And even if there's a person at ESPN that they have a lot of trust in, well that person isn't going to be in that role forever. People come and go and change jobs right, and get but promoted at the time and leave. the contract is done, then who cares who look, go, comes and goes because uh, you're contractually obligated. And for the length they, of the deal. Right, but I think the thing we've seen is that the longer deals have not worked out for the conferences. The Pac-12 was in a TV deal for too long. The ACC, there's been a ton of stuff written. They shouldn't be locked up till 2036. Well, well, so you're going to be signing a six- or eight-year contract. Yeah. That's not very long. So I, I'm, I, I don't know why you're debating me. I'm with you. BYU needs to carefully analyze what is being done. And ESPN's going to tell them something. But they need to look real closely at what ESPN's telling them and why they're telling them. All agreed. And I also think that if BYU gets aligned with these teams, they'll be one of the heavyweights. So they'll have some say in where we go. It won't be, well, I need these other guys to pull me along. I'll be surprised if the Big 12 gets whatever it is they're looking for out of the Pac-12. I get why they had that meeting, 
and I get why they're having these discussions, and in some places their interests are aligned, but I'm not sure the remaining eight, I really don't believe the remaining eight have enough juice that that's what the Pac-12 is looking for, and that's going to solve the Pac-12 problems. I think the Pac-12 has to cut that kind of deal and have those kind of conversations with the Big Ten. So then where are the remaining eight going? I think they need to go to BYU, and they need to go to Houston, they need to go to Memphis, they need to go to Cincinnati. I think they need to be at least a 12-team league. Oh, Central Florida's out there, too. So if all those teams are staying together, I can see how that could help BYU and why BYU would want to be in that. But man, you gotta. this is where Tom's really got to do his homework. He is a people person. I am sure he's built a lot of relationships we don't know about. And he's got to try to figure out, are these teams really together? Or are these teams only going to be together for about 15 minutes? And the first time somebody calls, they're gone. Because yeah, who, are you okay. really, who are you really partnering with long run? That's what I want to know. Uh, well, you can't answer that. Long run? What is long term? What's the definition of long term? Who knows? I mean, you look at these uh, remaining eight. They were blindsided, and these discussions had been going on for six months or so, yeah. and then when it comes to the Chronicle in Houston puts it out there, you hear that they were blindsided, and they try to save face by saying, yeah, well, we had an idea. Well, no, you didn't, because no. you would have tried to thwart it It was totally quiet. At the time. The college football playoff yeah. talks were going on. What it looks like from here is they had those talks for six months. The TV network said, we don't want to renegotiate your deal. Texas and Oklahoma realized, wait a minute, they're not renegotiating our deal because the money they give us, they want to give to somebody else first. We are way down the pecking order here with ESPN and Fox. So we got to go talk to people. And they did. And the SEC commissioner sat in the room with the Big 12 commissioner and set up the playoffs, knowing full full well what was going on. Uh And the Big 12 commissioner had no idea what was going on. And the remaining eight had no idea what was going on. And the only reason it got out to the Houston Chronicle is because the SEC finally let the word go beyond their commissioner and executive council, and Texas A&M found out, and they leaked it. Of course. They leaked it to the Houston Chronicle because they wanted it out because they were horrified. And, and, and they would have leaked it much earlier. If, if they they'd found known. out earlier. Yeah. yeah, the SEC right. was right to hold them back. Right. The SEC didn't trust them for good reason. Yeah, because they didn't want it. But so. what was best for the SEC... Wasn't best for Texas A&M. A&M doesn't want Texas in the club. Nope. They got a recruiting advantage, and they want to hold on to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they didn't know about it, and it blindsided them, and they have been whining about it. And I get it. I get where they're coming from. Uh, I, I also think from BYU's perspective, as an independent, they're dealing, it may not be completely from a position of strength, but they're dealing from the most position of strength that they've had since being an independent. See what I'm saying there? Yeah. So They're coming off a bigger year. They've proven that they can do it. They can play the schedule. They'll they've be ups sustained and downs. a program. Right. For better or worse, they've sustained a football program. It's there. And it's not dropping down a division. And everybody, it's not going away. And everybody knows along the way. They went to Nebraska and won, and they went to Tennessee and won, and they brought USC in and beat them. And people know that. And there's plenty of schools that are in Power 5 conferences who wish they had those wins. Yeah, and in the Pac-12 right. is going to have five opponents against but, them. But ultimately, is a college football structure going to be built that sustains any independent going forward? Yes, Notre Dame. But no one's Notre Dame but Notre Dame. Dang it. So, Notre Dame is Notre Dame. BYU is about to wield more power and influence because clearly we're going to streaming. We haven't talked about this, but 
The Notre Dame-Toledo game was announced during Scotty and Hand show yesterday. The news broke. That game is going to be streaming only. It won't be on NBC. It'll only be on Peacock. They're going to lose a lot of casual fans. They know it. But how many of the hardcore will pay for that? I get Peacock, don't I? Yes, because you have Comcast. Yeah. Sweet. So you have that. Do you have it? Yes. We're coming over to your home. <laughs> Why? Because you have a big TV. Yeah. That is a fact. You're going to be disappointed when you find out how big the big TV is. The big TV was in relation to the phone, and you have twisted I got a big TV. That. Dude, you said you had a big TV. How the hell do I twist something? Yuck. How do I twist something when he says... I got a big TV. How do you twist that? How can I possibly twist that? I've accurately quoted. I don't even need to quote. It's his very words in his very voice coming out of his very heart, which I got a big TV. If he has one, to the degree that he should have one. Are you still building me up right now? That he's been able to have. Is this building me up? Because you attacked me. You attacked me. I've already told you. When once you attack me, I will come after you twice as hard. And you said I've can. Torted it wrongly. It's didn't 50, you just say that? It's a 50 inch TV. You know that. Yuck! Didn't he attack me it's by questioning my TV. credibility? You know and that. And as a journalist, credibility is all you got, all you have at the end of the day. That's it. That didn't sound like journalism. I always have problems with reality. <laughs> that part's true. Hold on a second. <coughs> yeah. Uh, you you gotta, said you had a big TV. That, We're going to your house that and was watching then. on Peacock. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> it's a 90-inch TV now if you're going to have a big TV. Tonight, you have to settle for uh, BYU. I have a big TV. Look at me. I would never, ever think to say that. Play that one more time so I can hear it in its entirety. I got a big TV. <laughs> Taking out of context, obviously. What are you, Charles Barkley? He was misquoted in his own bio. That was awesome. <laughs> okay, you want the full context? Here you go. I don't really like watching video on my phone. I do it. See? Uh, We're it's, done. It's Nothing it's a to see here. convenient thing when you're not around the TV, but I don't watch video on my phone when I'm at home. <laughs> I turn on the TV. I got a big TV. Oh, man. Why would you even it's think over, to It's say even that. worse in the full context. <laughs> Your audacity is off the charts. It's too early to listen to PK yelling his face off. Can you My yell your face off? Is better than your car. That's what you, you looked at me right in the face. I got a big T, big TV. What do you got? Craig Bullerjack, TV voice of the Jazz, is coming up in 15 minutes right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. The general manager for the Utah Jazz, Justin Zanuck. Is it safe to say you are going to make re-signing Mike Conley a priority? Certainly we value Mike and what he's meant to our team. Obviously I can't comment on how things will roll out. However, we do have a plan in place. We love him. Each move that you guys see that comes out, whether it's a draft pick, a trade, a signing, I know there's this urge to have like a hot take, but evaluating those in a silo is tough. In a couple weeks, you look back and look at it in its entirety of what we needed to do and what we were able to execute on. I think the bigger picture becomes more clear. That picture is not completed yet with a few more stages we have to go here. We have a plan and hopefully we'll get it done. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. 1660s back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah. Counting you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness. 
right here on the Zone Sports Network. Bob says, what is left of the Big 12 is no better than the whack of the Mountain West. Therefore, it is a non-starter for BYU. That's not true. Oklahoma State and Texas Tech give it a little juice. Well, Kansas State. State. Iowa State's been up. Well, Kansas in basketball, obviously. Kansas and hoops. Yeah, they're good. Kansas State has had plenty of good programs, good teams over the years. Matt says, I like the independent life. The assortment of teams and university on a weekly basis. It's fun and exciting. Who wants to play the same lame teams every year and every weekend? Oh, that that means you're just hurt. And so, <laughs> come well, on. if it's USC, it's a different story. <laughs> come okay, on, man, come on. It, you get into deep in October and November, and you get to watch these other. It's an all day affair because for, the other conference games become important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Matt Matt goes on to say there will be no more Big Twelve after this is all said and done. That may be a couple years down the road. Till then, rise and shout, baby. The Cougars are out. Well, what does that mean? Until then, I, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't get the till then. I mean, I, he may be onto something. The Big Twelve may vaporize itself. We'll see. We'll see if they all get pulled apart. Larry totally disagrees with Matt. If they can join that conference, they should. Well, it, plus if they add, Houston has had some good run. Cincinnati, Central Florida. Those are high-quality programs that uh, it was the point that Aaron Roderick has made on our air when BYU was running out a bunch of 10-and-1s, 11-and-1s in the uh, early 80s, and then when Bronco had it going on. A lot of the teams that they played last year that Aaron, who was on that team, those teams as a player, felt like that there wasn't that much difference and they were as good as those teams that you've been beating in the first place. On the on the heels of strengthening your leading to your impressive records, you know, so you have to take a look at that. I mean, you look at the Wax slash Mountain West. You know, what did you have? Three or four good teams at best. TCU, BYU, and Utah were annihilating the rest of the conference in the mid two thousands. Those three could lose to each other, and they did. But versus the rest of the conference, an entire season, maybe one or two losses combined. Uh, they they pulled away, and those were the top three at the was, time. Yeah, and at the time at they was, left the conference. Going back, you had Colorado State, Air Force. Yeah, but CSU owned the conference in the mid nineties. They had a really good run. They did. Sonny, Sonny Lubick, phenomenal. They they were the top dog there, yeah. and uh, and BYU was battling to keep up with them. He's the Lavelle Edwards, the John Wooden, and you name it, the Lute Olson of Colorado State football. Yeah, somewhere from like 94 to 2000. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, those were the glory days. Bradley Van Pelt ain't walking through that door. <laughs> <laughs> that long golden hair. So you but, had that going on. But to your point, Houston and BYU haven't played a lot. When they've played, they've been good games. BYU's won them all. Great games. Yeah. But 47 46. Remember it. That was a Taysom Hill mm-hmm. crazy game right mm-hmm. there. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 33 25. In Provo, and then last year, 43-26, a little misleading. Yeah, BYU was in trouble in that game in the fourth quarter. Mm, the it was last, competitive. I don't was, know that I would say trouble. Yeah, but, okay, yeah. maybe third. But they that was the kind of game that the year before they lost. 
And they won it, and they pulled away one by seven. I would agree with that 100%. You know, and I think that you have to look at this conference, and, okay, you don't have a big-time heavyweight. You don't have an Ohio State. You don't have a Clemson, so forth and so on. I get that. But you got a lot of quality teams. And the thing about it is somebody would emerge. The Arizonas leave, and who emerged in a whack? Well, BYU was already emerging, but they took off. I mean, well, they dominated. Uh, yeah, they overwhelmed everybody. Maybe emerge isn't the right word. Uh, yeah. Dominate. They dominated at a high level, and they got tons of run because of it. So who's to say that somebody, whether it's a Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, whoever it is, Kansas State, BYU, any of those schools, don't take off. And, and then the thing that I think is really cool for BYU, if they should go in that direction... Because of the LDS Church and where it, nor, where it resides and the membership numbers, they're always going to be heavily influenced recruiting in the West. But does this open doors into other areas that can allow you to expand your recruiting base? Because you're always going to have the stronghold in the West. That hasn't stopped. Even as they've gone independent, and some perceive as that it's not as cool they still, the recruiting strongholds are still there, right? And if you open it up and expose it to other areas, maybe you can get in other kids. I mean, look at what Mark Pope is doing. He's doing it in basketball with these grad transfers, getting kids that they never would have gotten before. They never would even, I don't even know if they would have gone after. But the point being, he's getting kids from like all over the place now. And so football... Can they do that? So maybe there's something there, and then that can help their program improve. DJ and PK coming up next, the Jazz offseason. How fired up are you about it? A lot of you have been weighing in on social media. Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz, joins us next to discuss Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside, and the return of Mike Conley. Stay with us.